Hey, alumni, it's Chad. Uh, So excited to bring some fun news for you today. Can't believe it. It has been 20 years of the Canicook Institute, and we are going to have a reunion here in Branson in just a couple short months on Friday, March 18th through Sunday, March 20th. We will be meeting representatives from all 20 classes coming together for fellowship, prayer, uh, some teaching and encouragement from God's Word, and most importantly, just to reunite the fellowship of the body, being mutually encouraged by one another and what God has done and continues to do. We would love to see you for that reunion. We will be sending more information via email and social media over the next several weeks. Look for that in your inbox or social media channels that you're involved in. But we would love to see you at the Canicook Institute 20-year reunion, Friday, March 18th through Sunday, March 20th. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Canicook Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Well, welcome back to the Canicook Institute podcast. Chad Hampshire, Keith Chancy in studio once again. Uh, we are going to jump into the book of Ephesians. We're studying the book of Ephesians and excited. Uh, Keith last time kind of gave us a, a snapshot of the book of Ephesians, really the themes of the book. Chapters 1 through 3, focusing on the calling of God, and 4, 5, and 6, focusing on the conduct, how our conduct is impacted directly by our calling. Um, For those of you all that are listening, uh, whether you have studied in the New Testament a a lot or not, uh, one thing that you may or may not know that's really important, when we study a New Testament letter, sometimes called an epistle, a, a New Testament letter, we often actually need to go back. And what do I mean when I say I go back? Well, we're talking about a letter written to a church in a place called Ephesus. And this this church is planted all the way back in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 19, by uh, the Apostle Paul, who once was Saul. We talked about that on our last episode. And so, Keith, we're going to focus on a couple verses so we can kind of just get an understanding of what was happening as this church was established. And we're looking at Acts chapter 19. The heading of that section of Scripture is called the Paul at Ephesus. It's really focusing on Paul's time in Ephesus. And Keith, we wanted to capitalize on a couple verses. One of the verses we talked about as we were working through this text was just the significance of verse 4, and really 2 through 4, but 4 and how verse 4 really ties together the idea of baptism, the idea of repentance, and the significance of John the Baptist. Keith, help us understand Just where does this fit, and what does this teach us about what was going on in Ephesus at the time? Wow, you know, well, in verse 1 of chapter 19 of Acts, it says, It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country, and he came to Ephesus and found some of the disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not even heard whether this is there is a Holy Spirit. You know, this was a time that they, the Holy Spirit had not come yet. And so they're a product of exactly what was going on. They were just seeing Jesus, and they're going, my goodness, he is different. And he is claiming to be the Son of God. And they're seeing the miracles that he's doing. And so they're followers, and they're going, wow. And so then Paul gives instruction, and he said into them, what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in him who is coming after him, and that is Jesus. And when they heard this, 
They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. I just love that when they heard about Jesus, somehow in a unique way, even before the Holy Spirit was moving, Jesus, when he talked to them, they wanted to believe in who he is and what he was going to do. You know, as I think about my experience as a young man, for the very first time I heard the gospel, hearing that the word repent, and the word repent being turning away from my sin and then turning to God, that I said, I no longer want to live in the bondage of my sin, but I understand that my sin is sin and it's an offense against God. And I want to turn away from my sin and I want to turn to God who gave me hope and gave me the comfort and gave me the peace that I do not serve a dead God, but a God that would die on the cross for my sins, raised from the grave and offer to me salvation. And I would be a recipient of the greatest gift ever given. Wow. Chad, that just blows me away that that's what God was doing right there in Ephesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So just as we're thinking about the book of Ephesians, it, it just gives us a perspective of what was going on in that church, right? Paul shows up and there was these early disciples, probably disciples of John the Baptist, and they hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And now we just see this amazing outpouring. The Spirit shows up in their life. And, and now we're going to see kind of the progression of how this plays out in the city of Ephesus mm -hmm. as this church grows and becomes established. And what I love, uh, just to kind of continue through this text, is in verse 8, um, we see Paul immediately, he, he's in, engaged with these disciples, they learn about the Holy Spirit, you know, they're connected to John the Baptist, and now he goes to the synagogue. And what we often see in the New Testament is the disciples who were primarily Jewish, uh, all the disciples were Jewish, Luke being our only author, that was not Jewish, and they go immediately to the synagogue. And what is he doing in the synagogue? Well, he's reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Obviously crucial for a Jewish audience, right? They, they had been waiting for the kingdom of God. They had been waiting for the, the Roman oppression to go away. Paul shows up. He goes into the synagogue. And it, Keith, First Peter chapter 3 is just ringing in my mm. ears that, um, that, that we are to always be ready to make a defense mm. for the hope that is in us. Not, not a defense that we beat people up, but for hope, that there's a hope that we have as believers. And we're going to see that rooted as we look through the book of Ephesians. So, so far, what we've seen here in chapter 19 of Acts is that Paul shows up, uh, the Holy Spirit is, is given to these disciples of John the Baptist. Paul goes into the synagogues and starts reasoning, and so people are beginning to believe. Now, uh, in verse 11 and beyond, we see something miraculous happen. So not only is their teaching happen, but, but their teaching is accompanied with outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Describe what happened there. What, oh, what do we man. take away? You're right, Chad. Well, you know, when you see the instructions that uh, Paul just gave, and he says, guys, you need to repent. And what you just said, the persuasion that they begin to teach them about the kingdom of God was to come. And now you see this extraordinary moment. And I just think it's funny. And I'm just going to kind of read it to you because it says in verse 11, it says, God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul so that handkerchiefs, aprons that he carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. And also there were some called Jewish exorcists who went from place to place and attempted to name over those 
who had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, I adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Verse 14, seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And I, I just think that's kind of funny. Here's this priest, and he's a demonically uh, controlled man. And it says that the evil spirit answered to him when he was saying, come out, you know, be healed in the name of Jesus. And the evil spirit says, I recognize Jesus. I know Paul, but who in the fat are you? I mean, that just cracks me up that this, even the demon understood this guy had no authority. And that's what's really amazing about this story. And it says, the man in whom the evil spirit was upon leaped on him, subdued him, and overpowered him. And he ran away out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. What extraordinary things do we see here? Even the demons understand who God is and that when you know Christ, there is a difference. You know right and wrong. When the Spirit came upon you back in the first part of chapter 19, they repented. You see that there were instructions that were given. Their lives were different. At that moment that they came to Christ, they turned away from their sin and they turned to God and their persuasion was different that they began to teach others about God's word. And now they begin to live different and they live different than the demonic. They live different than those that didn't know who Christ was. That's beautiful. What an incredible moment that these guys were able to see. And I think we see this today. Because there's such evil in the world, people that are in the pulpit, people that are calling themselves Christians, that no more are calling people to to repentance than anything in the world, and they just have a message of nothingness. That's so good. And uh, to continue through the text, because the text really gives us the result. And Keith, what I love about this from Acts is it it parallels Ephesus perfectly. It's calling and then conduct, mm. right? Uh, we, we start with a baptism of repentance. We talk about convincing in the synagogues. Now we see the miraculous outworking. And then look at the response in verses 17, 18. Oh, I love that. They said, this became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord was being magnified. Mm. Many also of those who had believed kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices. So they recognized something, right? They heard yeah. about Jesus. Paul connects it to John the Baptist. They're being taught. They see the miraculous. And now all of a sudden they go, I want to tell you about my old life. <laughs> right. Isn't that cool? What, what, practically speaking, help us understand that connection, Keith, to what we believe at our core and how it moves us mm. to be people that go, let me tell you what's really going mm. on with my life. You know, I like that question because I think it's something we need to ask every single person. What's your story? Just sit down with a cup of coffee and with no matter how young or how old someone is, just say, let's talk about your story. And that story should always be about Jesus. Because a lot of times what we do is we want to talk about our pain, our fears, and those things. But the real story that we want to have heard is the one of the day that they accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. You know, Chad, I'll never forget, in high school, coming where I came from, I was a mess. I did not know God. I'm a senior in high school, mad at God, and I think I told you guys this story before. I gave my life to Christ, 
And, and because a guy asked me that, Chancey, what's your story? And I told him that I was angry against God. And he shared with me, you know, it's not God you should be angry against. It's sin. And that day I realized that God didn't sin. I sinned. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And I re- I'm a recipient of something called grace and that I'm a new creation. Yay, God, thank you. But I didn't know how to practically apply that. But I did know this. I had a foul-mouthed tongue. And I cursed. I said things I shouldn't say. And, and I talked about Christ. But now I had a redemption of the blood of Christ. And I was in his sanctification process. And I knew I needed to quit saying the things that I did. God was convicting me. Chanty, you need to quit cursing like that. And when I caught a football or, and missed it, oh, I would curse everything. And one day I took that before the Lord. And Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that's good for the need of the moment that it might give grace to all that hear. That day that I read that scripture, I said, I've got to stop this. I couldn't do it, though, on my own. You see, my conduct could never stop cursing unless my calling had been changed through Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ. Because I knew Christ and I was in his understanding of who he was and what he has done on the cross, that day when I asked Jesus, will you take all this violence from me? And I'm going to tell you something. The next day in practice, after this happened, the players asked, did you get abducted? Because I wasn't that same guy of so angry when things didn't go my way. And people began to go, what just happened to you? And what it was, it was the Holy Spirit moved me to be different. That's good. Uh, verse 19 uh, kind of brings it all to a head. And oh, it's yeah. where we'll close, but it says, And many of those who practice magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. <laughs> and they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. And, mm. you know, they, Keith, they have a book burning party. And I think really the text is showing us that their old way of life is done. Right. Right? right. I'm I'm taking my old way of life. I'm putting it on the fire yep. because I have a new life. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're, as we're looking at this church at Ephesus, it's just amazing to watch the progression be a perfect parallel, perfect mirror of what we're going to see in the book of Ephesians, mm-hmm. calling and conduct. Mm-hmm. The old way has gone away. The new way has come. I have been buried with Christ yeah. in his death. I have been raised to walk in newness of life. What encouragement would you leave us with as we, as we just capitalize on that thought mm. that my, my old way is being burned in the fire? That's right. What would you encourage uh, us with? Well, I, I, I can't say it much better than what those guys just said to themselves, that they were confessing and they were disclosing their evil practices. And they said, I'm going to burn the books that I have believed. And I think in America today, we have got to burn the books of what, what people are beginning to say, right is wrong, wrong is right. We've got to say, we've got to take back truth. And we've got to stand on the principles of God, the convictions of God. And we've got to walk victoriously in Christ. And we've got to bring back the Bible to our world. And everything that we do, we've got to start speaking the truth. And as we talked about, that we want to persuade others from the Word of God. We want to give instructions of repentance. And we want to live extraordinarily in that we are going to call out those people that are living unrighteously before God. So you know what, Chad? I can't be more excited about this book that we're about to study because God is an awesome God. That's good and a perfect way to segue uh, as we close out our time here in Acts chapter 19, which is giving us the context for the book of Ephesians. 
and great encouragement for us to go and, and get rid of the old and walk in the newness of life, not because we're changing our conduct, because God has changed our calling. And I think we can all amen that. We'll see you next time as we jump into Ephesians chapter one here on the Kanakuk Institute podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.